Support for today's show comes from Deloitte. What does the future look like? By melting business acumen and innovative technology, Deloitte can help you build the future only you can imagine. They can help engineer solutions for your business reality today and your vision for tomorrow to get you to a world where you don't just dream it, you build it. See how you can engineer advantage with Deloitte at Deloitte.com slash US slash engineering advantage. Hey everybody, it's Eli from The Vergecast. We have an emergency episode drop. This one's kind of fun. Sprint today filed a lawsuit against AT&T in the Southern District of New York, alleging that labeling LTE is 5GE, which is what AT&T is doing on some Android phones and soon on the iPhone. Sprint says that is deceptive. They're filing a lawsuit. They're trying to get a judge to issue an emergency injunction to stop it, to make AT&T stop 5GE ads, to pull the indicator off of phones. I talked to Craig Whitney, who is Sprint's lawyer. He's our outside counsel. I asked him why Sprint's doing this, what the argument is, what they want the judge to do in the case, and kind of got into it with basically why wireless carriers are able to to pull these stunts. Super interesting interview. We're dropping it as an emergency episode. We've kind of never done this before. But let us know what you think, uh, and let us know how you want us to follow up on the story. Check this out. It's Craig Whitney, Sprint's outside counsel. All right, we're here with Craig Whitney. He's outside counsel for Sprint. Craig, you, on behalf of Sprint, you filed a lawsuit against AT&T today saying their labeling of 5GE is is deceptive. Walk me through that. Well, it's pretty textbook false advertising. I mean, AT&T is claiming that its 4G LTE advanced network is a 5G network, and it's not. It's a straight-up lie. Uh, I don't even think that we need to even almost go further than that, but I'm, I'm sure that they're you know, going to claim something to the effect of, well, we're not saying 5G, we're saying 5GE, and there's no difference there. I mean, 5G and 5GE mean the same thing in consumers' minds. If, if it wasn't already obvious just from the statement, we have extensive evidence showing that. We did our research. We commissioned a survey. I mean, consumers see no difference. In fact, if anything, they think that what you're saying is it's better than 5G. Uh, and in reality, it's exactly the service that they were receiving. It's, it's on the same 4G LTE advanced network that they're now suddenly calling 5G. And that's false advertising. So what's the harm to Sprint? I just want to be, you know, in, in the American system, you know, there's no regulator who, who's saying, okay, this use this label, use that label the way that you might have in Europe. We kind of have the system of lawsuits. So Sprint is suing, but you have to articulate a harm to sue. What's the harm to Sprint of AT&T claiming their network is 5G? The harm is several fold, actually. So the most immediate harm is the harm to the rollout of real 5G. Uh, Sprint has spent billions of dollars trying to uh, upgrade in certain markets for its 5G rollout, which it's going out in nine cities in the first half of 2019. And now AT&T is sort of usurping that and completely cutting, undercutting the commercial value of a legitimate 5G rollout by saying, hey, we already have 5G, when in fact they don't. What they're, what they're claiming is 5G is actually 4G LTE advanced, the same thing that all the wireless carriers are already offering. Uh, so that is a significant immediate harm. Uh, and then in terms of looking at the consumer's perspective of it, consumers are going to think that what 5G is is no better than 4G LTE advanced, and and that's not true. I mean, 5G is going to be revolutionary in terms of, you know, the increased speeds and performances, and it's just it's a complete shift change in technology. It's probably the biggest 
development in wireless technology in a decade. And it's going to be completely undercut uh, and significantly undermined by AT&T coming out and saying, oh, no, this is 5G. This is what we have right now is 5G. And, it, and it's not. It's 4G LTE advanced, which is exactly the kind of technology that is already being offered. Uh, and so those are significant harms. And those are just the immediate harms. And then there's the, the bigger picture harms, which are the, the lost sales harms. I mean, people will become will will subscribe to AT&T or remain AT&T customers on this false assumption that they are getting 5G coverage when again they're not getting 5G coverage even though their phone says 5G. So there's no standards body that says this is what 5G is, right? With you know Bluetooth 2.0 or Wi-Fi 6, you know there are actual standards bodies that say these are the specs, this is what it means, here's the new version. There's not some you know international consortium that that labels the G's as far as I'm uh, aware. Is there some is there some reason AT&T can't just say this is our 5G network? Uh, yes, and, and uh, Neil, actually your your premise is incorrect. There is a standard setting body that 5G is not a a, a sort of an arbitrary term. That 3GPP, the third generation partnership project, is the standard setting body that sets forth all the different releases for the different types of technology. 5G has has an actual standard. Release 15 it actually sets forth the standards for 5G, just like release 8 set forth, I believe it's release 8, and then uh, subsequent releases set forth the different standards for 4G and 4G LTE and 4G LTE advanced technology. So, in fact, there most certainly is a standard setting body that says what these different types of technology is. And I think AT&T would be readily admit that they what they're calling 5GE does not meet the 3GPP standards for 5G. So, just let me back you up. Once upon a time, Sprint was first to what they claimed was 4G. It was a totally different technology, it was WiMAX. Can you characterize the difference between Sprint saying, we've put out our 4G WiMAX network, but it's not LTE, which is what most people were expecting 4G to be, and AT&T saying, we can dramatically you know, deploy these 4G LTE advanced standards, and it, you know, the speed will be twice as much, which is basically their claim, and that's good enough to call it 5G. Is there, is there a difference between sort of the, the WiMAX moment and the LTE advanced moment? I'll, I'll be honest with you. I don't know anything about the WiMAX moment. Um, you know, this is not, I'm to be perfectly clear. I'm, I'm Sprint's outside counsel in this matter, so I am very familiar with the circumstances of this case. I don't profess to be able to speak to you know things that happened in the past, which obviously are not really relevant to this case. But and I'm honestly not trying to avoid it. I just honestly don't know the the facts behind it, so I, I can't really explain any further. I understand. It's just it's the 4G moment was also characterized by relabeling of 3G technologies as 4G. So one of the questions I think our audience is asking is how is this any different this time, right? AT and T once upon a time relabeled HSPA plus as 4G. T Mobile did it. Everyone kind of did it. Is this any is this any different in, in kind? Well, like I said, I don't know how it, how I can characterize it as any different uh, because I just don't know what those circumstances are. But I can certainly tell you why this is unlawful because you're you're saying you're offering a product that it's not. You know, perhaps that was the same case back then. I, I just don't know. Uh, and just because something happened once upon a time that was unlawful that didn't get a lawsuit over it doesn't mean that it's suddenly you're allowed to do it later. Uh, that's for sure. So I, I don't know the circumstances about how this is different from that, but I could tell you that for sure what's going on today, uh, for sure what AT&T is doing now, which is characterizing a 4G network as 5G, is textbook 
Lanham Act false advertising violation. So walk me through that specifically. So what makes it textbook Lanham Act violation? So the Lanham Act prevents a a company, uh, you know, I won't go through the specific legal language, but sort of paraphrasing, uh, you can't misrepresent your goods and services offered in commerce. And here, there's two types of falsities, I suppose. There's literal falsity, which means that it's on its face, you're, you're lying uh, without any question. And then there's this concept of misleading, which is maybe you're being sort of cute in your language, but consumers are going to be confused and it's going to cause them harm. Uh, we're arguing really both is that issue here. I mean, I truly believe that calling something 5GE, sticking an E at the end of it or evolution or whatever is really no different than saying 5G. But even if we say, okay, well, it, they do add another letter and consumers are going to understand that that doesn't mean 5G. Well, we have very strong evidence that that's not the case. I mean, we've done surveying of of a significant uh, portion of consumers through very heavily scrutinized surveying that shows that, you know, upwards, I think our numbers represent 54% of consumers are confused and they assume that 5GE service that whatever AT&T is calling 5GE is 5G or the same thing as 5G or better, which is in surveying world, in false advertising land, that is a remarkable number. The, the legal standard for confusion when it's deemed to be you know, too confusing to be allowed is you're looking about 15 to 20 percent is usually what you're looking for because it's the the courts hold that you know 15 to 20 percent of people are confused. That's pretty bad. That's that's a lot of consumers. Even if not everyone, it's still enough that that's false advertising. Here we have over 50 percent, and even even estimating it very conservatively because we wanted to be very cautious. We didn't want to run into any you know, technical hurdles. It's it's more than that, but it's it's over fifty percent. It's it's truly remarkable. So, what kind of remedy are you looking for? You know, AT and T is deploying the logo now on some phones. We've seen that the you know the next build of iOS on iPhones apparently has some labeling. Are you asking you get pull it back and stop it? Stop running the ads? Do you want money? What like what's the what do you want the court to do here? Well, our initial remedy and and. This part, I guess, is not necessarily known yet because it hasn't happened. Uh, we do plan on going into court probably today uh, and seeking a TRO and a preliminary injunction. Uh, we need to actually wait for the, the legal process to play out. We've given AT&T notice, and we need to wait for a judge to be assigned before we know who will be hearing the case, which is just a, a court process internally. We can't really do anything about speeding that up at this point. But um, so that our initial relief that we're going to be seeking is an injunction stopping AT&T from Calling service that's not 5G, 5G. I mean, it's that simple. We're not, you know, we just want we just want them to stop saying they have something that they don't, uh, <laughs> and that that's our initial relief. And then there there is a damages component, of course. That usually comes later in the case because, you know, you need to prove up your damages, and it's going to have to do a lot with how many customers have uh, purchased AT&T based on this false labeling and false advertising. So I mean, we can need some information from AT&T on that. But, uh, you know, our initial, our initial relief is going to be injunctive relief. So you, you want them to stop using the 5GE logo on phones? You want them to stop advertising? That's right. It, it, as long as they don't, as long as it's not 5G, we want them to stop calling it 5G. And are you saying to the court, this is the definition of 5G that Sprint wants to use and it's the definition the court should use? N- well, the, the definition is 
as set forth by 3GPP. I mean, there is a a standard that needs to be uh, complied with. The uh, AT&T is not even claiming that that's what their service is. I mean, they're not going to come back, I don't think, and say what we are labeling 5GE is what we will ultimately call 5G when we eventually roll out 5G. I mean, they know that. They're, this is not, this doesn't approach any of the advances that 5G will show. I mean, 5G is going to, sh- you'll be able to download movies, full-length HD movies in, in seconds under 5G, as opposed to, you know, minutes or whatever. Streaming will be done without latency, without, you know, less buffering. It, it's going to be a, a remarkable difference to consumers. Uh, it's going to allow self-driving cars. I mean, all types of technical innovations and advances are going to be running on 5G. That's not what AT&T is offering right now. And, and I honestly don't think they're going to claim that it is, uh, because it would only honestly affect the, the ability to then later say, you know, this is the same thing we had, what we called 5GE is the same thing we're going to call 5G. I'm sure whatever comes out as 5G at some point in the future, you know, whenever they do have legitimate 5G will be dramatically different, I'd hope, for their sake, uh, than what they're now calling 5GE. Well, I can tell you AT&T is, is definitely not going to say that because I have their statement here. I'm sure you've seen it, but for the listener... AT&T says, we understand why our competitors don't like what we're doing, but customers love it. We introduced 5G Evolution more than two years ago, clearly defining it as an evolutionary step to standards-based 5G. So defining it against standards-based 5G. AT&T goes on to say, 5G Evolution and the 5G indicator simply let customers know when their device is in an area where speeds are up to twice as fast as standard LTE. That's what 5G Evolution is, and we're delighted to deliver it to customers. So they're, I mean, they're already saying there's a difference. We're not trying to confuse people it's obviously what they would say but there's they're making a very clear distinction between standards based 5g and their 5ge and you're saying that's just entirely too confusing well i'm saying that consumers don't recognize that distinction you know and we have proof of it i mean if they that's that's i guess what the lawsuit is will come down to to some extent but it's clear that consumers assume that 5ge as you just figured they would. I mean, it doesn't even require much more than just common sense. And that's why we'd even say this is literally false. When you see 5GE, you're thinking 5G. I mean, nothing about that says not 5G. It, like They're calling it 5G for, for a reason. Any materials that they're referencing, and I'm not even sure what those are necessarily, but that certainly they're, these distinctions that they're making in their statements are not the distinctions made in their ads, and that's, that's the problem. I mean, I guess one major development, which we haven't really touched on, is they're running the 5GE icon on consumers' phones when they're in LTE networks. So on your... On your phone, right now I think it's only on certain Android phones, but my understanding is it's about to be rolled out to iPhones as well. So we're talking about you know, tens of millions, if not more, consumers are, about, are going to be getting this on their AT&T phones. It's going to say, instead of LTE, which it says right now, which is true, it's going to start saying 5GE. There's nothing about that that explains anything. It just says 5GE. <laughs> you're going to look at your phone, and you're going to say, oh, cool, this is, this is 5G. And then, you know, the problem is they're going to be like, wow, this isn't any better than what I had before. And, <laughs> and that's a problem, and that's, that's false. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's almost remarkable that they're doing this. I, I, I guess they thought that they would just deal with the press on it and, and move on, but, you know, it's, it's, this is wrong. They seem very, very pleased that they've, they've caused this much consternation. So they've got another line in their statement. I'm confused why they think that this is an argument, but this is what AT&T said. This is their public statement. 
Sprint will have to reconcile its arguments to the FCC that it cannot deploy a widespread 5G network without T-Mobile while simultaneously claiming in the suit to be launching legitimate 5G technology imminently. So can you, can you reconcile that? Uh, yeah, everything we've said in our lawsuit is completely consistent with everything we've said in other contexts. Uh, I, I, you know, I think this is posturing on their part, but there's nothing that we've said in our lawsuit that in any way contradicts what we've said elsewhere. So is Sprint imminently launching standards-based 5G? Yes, in, in, in nine major cities, correct, which is exactly what we're explaining in our lawsuit. And you're, and you're saying that the, the merger claim is we can't go any wider than that unless we combine with T-Mobile? Yeah. I, I don't know the full breadth of what was said in the merger claim, but and I don't know that they said we couldn't go any wider than that, but I, I know that anything we've said in our lawsuit is perfectly consistent with what we've said uh, to the FCC and, and elsewhere. All right, so what are the next steps for consumers here? You're, you're gonna, you sound like you're going to go to court today, uh, Southern District of New York. Uh, you're going to try to get an injunction. What's the next thing that happens for the, for the sort of consumer of wireless services here? Uh, well, so it's kind of going to be up to the judge. We will be going to court possibly today, possibly Monday, depending on timing of when we get a judge. Uh, and the next step is AT&T will come and they will make their argument and the judge will set, will do what the judge is going to do. I mean, it could go a lot of different ways. It's hard to predict exactly how it's going to happen. Uh, the judge could stop everything right now, which is what we think should happen and what we will certainly be arguing for. Uh, or the judge could give it a little time to play out, uh, to give, you know, oral argument and hearings, et cetera. There's a lot of different ways it could go, frankly. Uh, but ultimately what we're looking for is in the very near term, we, we need an order from the court, which frankly is a necessity in order to stop this harm that AT&T is throwing on the market. We need an order from the court telling AT&T to stop because I mean, you've seen the press out there. You've seen the reaction when people are starting to realize what's going on. This is not a good thing. This is messing with the market. AT&T is taking their, these claims and they are just trying to leverage it and are even taking the publicity and trying to leverage it at all to the, to the detriment of the consumers and to Sprint and other competitors. Uh, and I think the court will recognize that, I hope. And, you know, I think that we're looking for this to stop as soon as possible. Are you dual tracking this? Are you, are you just in court or are you going to go to the FTC, FCC as well? Like I said, I, I'm their litigation counsel, so I have no plans to do any dual tracking. I don't, I don't think there's any discussion about that, but um, you know, not that I'm aware of, I guess let's put it that way. Okay. Well, Craig, thank you so much for your time today. This is super illuminating. I'm excited to, to hear how these arguments in court go uh, and keep us up to date on what happens next. Terrific. Thank you so much. Hey, everybody. That was our emergency interview with Craig Whitney, Sprint's outside counsel. I hope you liked it. Let us know if you want us to do more emergency episodes. The regular Vergecast with me, Paul, and Dieter in the feed right now. Check that out. We asked a bunch of questions about what podcast app people use. That's all of my Twitter feed right now. And we'll be back on Tuesday with a huge guest on the regular interview episode. I can't give it away, but it's going to be exciting. Check that out on Tuesday.